What is up? This is Greg Schnoes, host of the Bevo broadcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Do us a favor, if you could please like, subscribe to the podcast, leave us that five-star rating. We would most definitely appreciate it if you could do that for us, please. Well, obviously, there was no game for Texas this weekend as they are on a bye week, but I don't know if you noticed this, but oh my goodness. What the heck did K-State do? To Oklahoma State, 48 nothing with a backup quarterback? Um, What? I'm, oh, oh, boy. Yeah, all Will Howard did was throw for 296 and four touchdowns. All Deuce Vaughn does is probably one of the most underrated players in the Big 12. Drops 22 carries for 158 yards and a touchdown. And caught four more passes and another TD to boot. Oh, my goodness. As a Longhorn fan, seeing that, that was eye-opening. I thought that would be a tough game. I thought that would be a closer game. I did not see that happening in any way, shape, or form. I don't know if anybody did. <laughs> I certainly didn't. I mean, where did that come from? K-State's a good football team. Don't get me wrong. But where did that come from? Really? A shutout? Like that? I mean, that if that's not emphatic, I don't know what is. So, with the Longhorns staring down the barrel of a road trip to Manhattan after those guys coming off of that win, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not ideal, as they would say. It is definitely not ideal, just because they're going to be sky high after that one, and rightfully so. K-State is like a silent killer in the Big 12, basically. Oh, by the way, they lost the game to Tulane earlier in the year. Oh, by the way, that team's ranked in the top 25. That is no slouch of a football team. So Kansas State, as a Longhorn, I, I, I can sit here and say on paper, Texas has got a lot of good things that anybody would want. But talk about two teams going into this game from polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Texas, once again, having a tough loss on the road, second half lead. Disappears again. Played great in the first half. Penalties. Oh, my gosh, the penalties. As we all remember, zero on Oklahoma State for Texas the week before. And I believe Texas had 14. Nine of those were pre-snap penalties, if I recall correctly. Th this is going to be a tough, tough game. How can I even begin to describe? Like, okay, initial thoughts are Texas played – they didn't play their best game by any stretch. But they were still within striking distance of winning this game. If Xavier Worthy, I mean, for all the bad passes that went Ewers through in that game, if Xavier Worthy doesn't trip over the turf monster or his own feet or a combination of both, at the very end, that's a TD. So as bad as Texas played at times in that second half, they were still – Holding my fingers super close to each other because you can't see me. But they were that close to winning that football game. Just like Texas Tech, as bad as they played, they cut some Hudson Card, drove down the field. They got down there, tied it up, get to overtime. And B. John Robinson, who never fumbles, puts it on the ground and just just terrible timing. Kid never fumbles. If they play that overtime 10 times, he might do that once. And that just happened to be the one time. So from the Texas perspective, they want to get this losing taste out of their mouth. They fully realize the Big 12 championship is still a possibility. 
They can't stumble at all in these next four games, and it's going to be hard. Kansas State, don't even think about the other three right now. Just win this one game, worry about the next week when it gets here. Uh, uh, I think it's Kansas and Lawrence, and then you have no TCU, then Kansas, then whatever it is. Who cares about those other three? Just worry about this one. Because if that's a backup quarterback doing that for Kansas State, and you know what Deuce Vaughn is, I mean, I think it's anybody would say who's a Big 12 fan who's watched this conference for any length of time would say, who does he remind you of? And I think Darren Sproles is the first name that everybody thinks of. Kind of a smaller in stature kind of guy, but a dynamite football player, a guy that just makes plays, a guy that is just maybe not known on the national uh, scene when it comes to college football. But if you watch the Big 12 and you've seen Kansas State play this year, you know who Deuce Vaughn is. There's no denying that kid is a great football player. So Texas is going to have their hands full. Now that you don't know who's playing quarterback for Kansas State, Will Howard looks great in this last one. Is Martinez going to be back? We'll find out. But historically, Texas has had its issues playing in Manhattan. It really has. I mean, it doesn't matter who. The mid-2000s, early 2000s, I believe, Chris Sims and Texas went up there. What a tough game. Those K-State defenses were just absolutely wrecking shot. Those late 90s, early 2000s, mid-2000s K-State teams, those defenses were nothing nice. I mean, old school, hit you in the mouth, keep just, you know, ruthless linebackers. I mean, they had so many guys that were going to the league. And for a team that really wasn't doing anything for the longest time and it kind of showed up on the scene there in the mid to late 90s, of course, everybody remembers Michael Bishop and how much of an outstanding quarterback he was for Kansas State in that season they had in 1998. He was amazing. But bringing it back to today's time, current time, Quinn Ewers played his worst game. I doubt he plays as bad as he did in that one. That was his first road game, and Oklahoma State is a very underrated stadium. As I said in my previous podcast, going into that Oklahoma State game, a friend of mine who played linebacker at Texas in the mid and late 90s with uh, he was un- John McAvick recruited him, and he played his, first two, his last two years were Mac Brown's. First two seasons of Texas in 98, 99. But when I asked him when I did this, you know, the podcast I do on my own, I said, his name is Anthony Hicks. And I said, hey, Hicks, what's the craziest environment you ever played in? And this is a guy that played at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. This is a guy that played in Lincoln, Nebraska, when Nebraska was still legit, a great team. Obviously, Lubbock's a difficult place to play for Texas. Uh, College Station, uh, Red River, and the Cotton Bowl. So, the dude who played in some some stadiums and some big time uh, venues, and he said without question, without hesitation, said Oklahoma State and those freaking paddles. Those were his exact words because he said they are right on top of you and they are just beating those paddles against that wall, against that padded wall, whatever it is in uh, Stillwater in that stadium. Not the biggest stadium by any stretch, but they are right on top of you and they do not stop with those paddles just over and over and over. Your ears are ringing, gives you a headache. <laughs> I mean, unless you come out and shut the crowd out by getting up on them early and taking the crowd out of the game, and obviously Texas tried, but they kept letting them back in with their penalties and everything that they had in this last game against the Cowboys. But I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm real nervous about this one. Like I said, the Big 12 championship is still a realistic possibility. It's a slim chance. But if Texas can go out and win the rest, go 4-0 the rest of the way, and how things may fall. If they get there, great. If they don't, but the the season has had a critical point for the Longhorns. After that 
second half debacle. Sark is not good on the road since he's been at Texas. I mean, there's nothing I'm saying here that you don't already know if you're a Longhorn fan. But if they can go to Kansas State, weather the storm, come out of there with a victory. I mean, just like Iowa State, I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. I had one of my coaches tell me that when I was playing way back when. You'll take that ugly loss every day of the week. And if Texas can go out there and win an ugly kind of game, I don't care if it's like maybe 23 to 20, kick a field goal to win it last, you know, (laughs) three seconds left, something like that, I'll take it. I will take it. I don't care how they win as long as they can get that W and get out of there. Just because, like I said, everything is still there for the taking for Texas. And as I said many times in the beginning of these podcasts when I started doing this in the summer, have those tempered expectations. Well, I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves because we saw what Quinn Ewers could potentially be against Alabama. And then he got hurt. Like, oh, great. And then Hudson Card comes in, and they only lose by one point. (laughs) It took a last-second field goal for Alabama on the road to beat Texas. And then they go to Texas Tech, and then don't look good for most of that, but we're within striking distance, get it over time, and then Bijan fumbles. And then this game against Oklahoma State wasn't a blowout. They were in it till the end, but it has just been is Texas turning the corner. That's what that's like I said, tempered expectations and look for improvement. And what I mean by that is, is Texas going to be competitive in this game? Are they going to show up? Are they going to execute? Are they going to these penalties and this third down defense are just, I mean, I don't want to sound too critical here, but they're just not good. You can't get off the field on third down and you're keeping drives alive for the other team. Texas should have won that Oklahoma State game. The way they were put plays together in that first half and scored touchdowns, there was just gaping holes. I mean, Bijan, Roshan, I mean, they were just easy touchdowns. Walk-ins from like, you know, 30, 40 yards out, not getting touched. Sark was scheming up some fantastic plays. And Texas was executing and putting points on the board. Defense couldn't get off the field. Defense is getting penalties, keeping Oklahoma State in those games. Or in that game, I should say. So, this one's going to be a tough one. I I mean, I know I do these, these predictions on here, but as it sits right now, if I had to make a prediction, you know, you know put up or shut up kind of thing, I'm, I'm going to take K-State right here, right now. I mean, like I said, We'll just flip it. We'll just say Kansas State wins 23 to 20. Just because Texas look there's two ways of looking at it. Is Kansas State going to come in with all the momentum? Yes. Are they going to come in hyped up? And this is a chance to beat the Longhorns because everybody loves to beat Texas. They see that. They see that brand. And everybody wants to take their best shot at the Longhorns. So here's a chance where maybe they're not as good as everybody thought they were, including themselves. And Kansas State can come in here. And go, okay, here, this is how we play football. And do what they did to Oklahoma State. Now, is Texas going to get blown out by 40-plus and get shut out? I hope not. I'm not predicting that. But it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if Kansas State were able to win this game just because they're underrated as a football team in the conference and in the world of college football. So, like I said, when your backup quarterback throws for almost 300 yards and four touchdowns against a top 10 team. Oklahoma state is no slouch. It's not like they're coming in here and limping in there only winning two games on the year. You know, it's just, it it scares the daylights out of me. It really, really does. But if you want to flip it to the other side, what's the positive going into this with Texas? They had a week off. They needed that week off. They were fresh, renewed, 
and their backs are against the wall. They know it. They've been hearing it now for not only a week, two weeks, since they didn't have a game this weekend. They have been hearing it. Social media, local media, anywhere and everywhere they look, all they're hearing is, oh, here we go again with Texas. They flopped again. They choked again. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do that. Oh, ha, ha, ha. They're back, right? And they lose. So they can come out with, you know, fire and brimstone <laughs> and set the world on fire, you know, just feed the ball to Bijan and, you know, I, I, one thing that I really hope, and when I talked to my buddy Hicks, the Texas linebacker, who I do my other podcast with, I was saying, is there something against getting Xavier Worthy the ball within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage? And he said, well, hey, you know, without being in the meetings and this, that, if you get him one-on-one man coverage going deep, you're going to take those shots. That's why Sark keeps doing it over and over and over. I get it, but at some point when it's not working and you're not executing, you got to do something different. The guy's a dynamic athlete, dynamic wide receiver. Get him the ball in space. We all remember last year, the first game of this, the Red River shootout or rivalry or whatever you want to call it. The Texas OU game from last year. It was a quick Casey Thompson took the snap, immediately threw it to the left. And it was basically, I mean, just a, I don't even know if you want to call it a wide, wasn't a wide receiver screen, but it was just quick out to the left side. There was two receivers there. Worthy makes one guy miss. He gets the block and he took off down the sideline like 75 yards to start the game. Where's that in this offense? I love Xavier Worthy as a player, and I get the logic if he's got man and he's getting single covered deep, but if you can't execute it, the quarterback's having a rough day and he's off, quit chucking it down the field. It's not working. Do something different. Get it to him on a slant. Look at that play against Iowa State when Texas took the lead. It was just a quick in and out. I don't even – I think they call it a – I don't know, some specific names, some routes that they everybody has their, their own terminology with it. But basically, Worthy undressed the guy, more or less. I mean, he left his jock there on the field, the Iowa State DB, because Worthy was just so open. It was just like pitch and catch. It was like practice for viewers throwing that ball to Worthy. He was so open. So if he's got that kind of ability, put him in – quit sending him 30 yards down the field and hoping that it works. It's exciting, it's fun, and everybody wants to see the big plays. But if you're not executing – executing it and it's not happening try something different get worthy in space get him some short passes and then maybe try to do something different you know maybe get the confidence in the the uh between the quarterback and the wide receiver maybe there's something off there i don't know obviously but what we can see is just the execution wasn't there and let's try something different so hopefully sark will dial up some different plays with worthy and get him the ball and give him the opportunity to make plays because the kid is a special player and he can make things happen and you know let's just try not throwing it deep 15 times a game to him and not getting anything from it. So, but yeah, Texas, I mean, you got B. John Robinson, you got Roshan Johnson, Quinn Ewers, like I said earlier, I don't think he could play a worse game than he did in the last one. He threw 49 passes, only completed 19, threw interceptions, was overthrowing guys, just did not look like the guy that we saw in the Cotton Bowl where he was just slicing and dicing that OU defense like a surgeon. I mean, it was just like, wow, look at this kid. This is the five-star. This is the number one overall recruit that we thought we were getting. And then th- those – uh quarter and some change of the Alabama game. So it's like, you've seen what he can do. But again, this kid is still a freshman. He played like three snaps at Ohio State where he was handing the ball off. So he hasn't essentially played since he was in high school. And this was his first true road game as a college quarterback. Okay, that was a stinker. Flush it down the toilet. Let's get it out of here. Now we're going to Kansas, Manhattan, the little apple, (laughs) as it's known. And K-State's a good football team, and it's going to be a tough game. But I got to think – if I'm going to do, if we're going to keep more of a positive perspective here for Texas, 
yours is going to play better. Worthy's going to play better. Bijan, Roshan are going to do their things. Jordan Winnington is going to make plays. Jatavian Sanders is going to make plays. That defense has to step up and do their part. They've been definitely lagging. That Iowa State game and Oklahoma State game. third down was just just ugly. When you look at those numbers, it really was. Get off the field on third down, make plays, wrap up, bring guys to the ground. No more trying to rip the ball out for 30 yards down the field, John A. Barrett. Please don't do that again. Oh, that was just, oh, it was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't get me started. That looked terrible when I saw that. I'm like, just tackle him to the ground. It just was crazy. I get what you're trying to do, but the guy gained 30 yards and you're, and you're trying to rip the ball out and he never got the ball out. So, but yeah, as it sits right now, Texas, Texas needs to win this game. Texas has to win this game. As I said in the beginning of the year, tempered expectations. Don't think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves because we saw a glimpse of what this thing could be, what this team could potentially be. But I don't think anybody, including myself, said before this year, oh, this team's getting to the conference championship, shot at the the outside shot of the college playoff. After the season they had in 2021, nobody was expecting that. And I think that the hype train kind of started going just because we saw what it could potentially be with this team in Texas. And – the season is still – it still could be a good season. If they lose this game and win the next three, or the BK State, they lose the TCU. If they can win three out of the next four, that's an eight-win season from last year. That's that's an improvement. That's a bowl game. Win a bowl game. Maybe get you nine wins. I think if you said before the season, if I told you or anybody else or if somebody told me, hey, Texas is going to win eight games this year, get to a bowl game, win that bowl game, get you nine wins for the season, and you're going to see – improvement and you're going to see your quarterback get better and you're going to see things that this team has not been able to do like winning a tough game on the road beat a top 10 team like TCU if these things happen in the next few weeks then I can say okay the season wasn't a complete bust the season wasn't a complete waste just because no one picked Texas to win the conference championship I know I didn't nobody did really but if you go from five wins to eight wins get to a bowl game potentially win a ninth game that's that's four wins more from the season before. You will take that by any any means. So it, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. Like I said, if I had to pick it right here, right now, I want my Longhorns to win. But if I'm going to be as it sits right now, you got to give K-State the advantage. Until Texas proves that they can go on the road, execute for four quarters, play offense and play complementary football, offense, defense, special teams, Sark doesn't overthink it or underthink it, or adjust, or not adjust, whatever the case, whatever criticism you might have of this program, if they are able to win this game, get past this point, I will gladly take the L, I will gladly eat the bowl of crow, play to crow, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) And I'll come on here next week and say I was wrong, and I was happy that I was wrong. Because like I said, if I'm picking it, I'll take K-State this week, because Texas has to show me, they have to prove me wrong. Make me look, I'm, you know, make me eat my words, Longhorns. Please, I'd be more than happy you'd be wrong on this. So let's take, let's, as a Longhorn fan base, let's get it. Let's go to this game. We'll see how it is. And I think at the end of this one, we're going to have a very, very clear answer on how the rest of this season is going to go. It's either we're either going to be here next week on, wow, how was that? Okay. How do we feel, Longhorn fans? We feel good. We're going to say yes. If it goes the other way, unfortunately, all the doubt, all the negativity is going to creep back in. And, the rest of the season is going to be a complete coin flip 
and it doesn't get any easier. So, so brace yourself, buckle up, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I don't know if, you know, buckle your chin strap, your seatbelt, whatever you got to do, Longhorn fans, because this one's going to be, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a tough game. If Texas goes in there and absolutely just wipes the floor with Kansas State and wins at a comfortable margin, like a, let's say like a West Virginia type of game where they're up by, you know, three, four touchdowns at halftime, that would be fantastic. I would take that in a heartbeat. I don't see that happening. So I think it'd be better off, though. I think if Texas can go in there, win a tough game, have to overcome the adversity, then win the game and make the plays when you need to on defense, get the ball on offense, do what you have to do, show that improvement, show we're turning the corner, that'll be better all better overall for this program to go through that. If they go in there and win 35 nothing, that's great. But I think to get everybody's attention, it's like, okay, look, Go play a tough K-State team that just, you know, beat the brakes off at Oklahoma State, shut them out. They're going to be pumped. They're going to be hyping. If Texas can go in there and do what they need to do, handle their business, if they win it, a blowout, great. If they only win by three, great. Either one's a win and we'll take it. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I will be definitely locked in and checking it out. So we'll see. As I say, that's why they play the game, right? <laughs> So this has been the Bevo Broadcast. My name is Greg Schnoes. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And if you could please, please, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us that five-star rating. I would appreciate it. Heartland College Sports would appreciate it. We would all appreciate it. And it would be a very cool gesture on your part if you could do so. So we very much appreciate it. So as always, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Bevo Broadcast. My name is Greg Schnoes. I will talk to you again soon. Have a great night.